and welcome to the Monday Morning Marketing Podcast. And I'm Melanie, and I'm here on my own. Esther thought it would be safe to leave the podcast in my own incapable hands. How brave of her. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not here completely on my own. I'm sure you'll be pleased to hear. I'm also here with the king of video, no less than Matt Hughes. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Thank you very much. So delighted to be here as always. So this is our second time for speaking, isn't it? The last time we spoke, it was at, um, well, it was leading up to our workshop and we were speaking on Irish Tech News. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we did, so it was workshop and then it was a whole event, right? Mm. And how did that go for you? Did you, do you have a nice time doing the, uh, doing the workshop? Yeah, I, I love workshops. I, I think any opportunity to get in front of people, um, to share your genius, I think is is great for everybody. So, and that's definitely how I learned. You know, going yeah. to events and and sort of picking things up from other people. So, yeah, absolutely love those kind of events. We were very lucky actually to get you um, because of the kind of courses that you offer. It was actually really really beneficial um, because you could actually literally take people through the process of learning how to do video. Which is yeah, what yeah. today is all about. You know, it's it doesn't really matter what time of year you listen to this podcast. If your vision is to get started on video, then what do we need to get our audience ready to do? What kind of preparation do they need to, to go into? Well, let, well, let's talk about preparation for a second, because preparation is such a funny, funny thing. And it depends what kind of person you are, I find. Like some people like me will run into things with zero preparation, just really excitable, prepared to fail and do whatever <laughs> happens. Right. And then there's other people that prepare for seven years and never do the thing. So like, what the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because you're somewhere in between those two uh, extremes, I think. And so I think the th- all you've got to do in terms of preparation is decide on something to talk about. Mm. And, you know, whatever your skill set is, whatever your area of genius is, it doesn't really matter. Um, on a daily basis, you should have something to talk about regarding your expertise. So the first thing you need in preparation, and you probably expected that I'd talk about equipment and all that kind of thing, but actually the first thing you need is just a topic to talk about. And once you've got that, then you are ready to go. Unless you're stuck in the 90s. If you have like a, a Nokia 3210 uh, and you've got <laughs> then you're screwed. that kind of thing, <laughs> yeah, you, you're pretty stuck. But for the most part, most people these days, they've got a smartphone, um, which has internet access. We're all pretty much, unless some of us are in the stick still, pretty much good connections to be able to go live. And and that's it. And, and the first thing I recommend to people to do is to take that topic and go live on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever your um, platform of choice is, it's to go live, which sounds really scary, potentially, um, but it really is not. So you reckon to prepare people for video is to go live first? Yes. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, because, and, you know, when I do a presentation about video, that's it's all I always get that kind of reaction like oh my god if I if I'm scared of video why would I go live (laughs) and the reason I do it is because 
and, and I had a Facebook live challenge, right? So I know this works. Hundreds of people have done this with me and I know it works if they, if you just go through that process. So the reason is, is because before you do video, you have so many preconceptions and it might be that you've watched a lot of TV, Netflix, YouTube, TikToks, whatever. You've got all these preconceptions and certain messages that people have told you, oh my God, the trolls are going to arrive and destroy <laughs> you. You're, they'll tell you how much they hate you or how big your forehead is or whatever, right? <laughs> so you, you have all of these preconceptions in your head and actually none of them, none of them happen. You go live you talk to people and then you get people like your, your mates or your colleagues or, or people that you work with that say, hey, it's lovely to see you. Not heard your voice for ages. Oh my God, what? how come you're doing lives? This is, in, this is new. This is interesting. So you get that kind of like really supportive, nice, warm welcome when you first go live. And, and what that does is those preconceptions, those misconceptions that you've got, they just they just fall away because you realize that actually it's not as bad as you made it out to be and and of course in your head that's what happens you know you and, and think about it you ask kids to do this stuff and they go yeah okay let's do it i'm really excited can, can we do it together but as adults because we've had all of that fear put in us about these you know public speaking and standing in front of people and putting yourself out there um it feels like like a disaster thing but it's not. Well, the only difference between me and my kids is I regret it before I start and they regret it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, and they'll say, they'll see something from a year ago and go, oh my God, I was so cringe a year ago. And you're like, what are you talking about? This is, it was a year ago. Yeah, but that was ages ago. And you're like, wait till you're 38. And a year does not seem that long. Yeah, no, it doesn't. <clears throat> um, moving on. So... So we've done the preparation. And one thing I, that came up in the conversation actually today with a, a customer that I was working with, and she had a MacBook Pro um, that she was working on for her laptop. And she had um, an Android, a Huawei, or however you pronounce it. Huawei, yeah. And she said um, she was told that the Huawei was the better um, camera yeah. to do. Do you agree with that? 100%, yeah. Wow. So why? Why was that better? So so MacBooks, until very recently, I, th- I think the new iMac is the only new Apple device that this has changed on in the last about five years. Mm-hmm. All MacBooks, even the Pros, I've had all the Pros, used to upgrade every year. Um, the webcams are always terrible, like really <laughs> awful. Um, so what I recommend is, like, if you've got an iPhone or an Android, you can use some software called Camo, um, and there's a, a piece of software called Droid Cam as well for Android. Uh, I don't know if the overall tone, I've never, never owned those phones, so I don't know, but um, which lets you use your mobile phone as a camera. And because your camera is one of the first things they advertise and talk about a lot is the quality of the video camera, right? So you know it's updated, you know it's good quality. And when you use that as a webcam, it is far better than a Mac or any sort of webcam that you can get out there, any webcam. Some people come to me and say, oh, Matt, but I've got this 4K Logitech Brio. It costs £300. And I'm like, yeah, it's still terrible compared to a mobile phone because the mobile phones are amazing these days. Wow. So Camo, was that C-A-M-M-O? 
It's no C A M O. So it's a camo oh. by reincubate. If you, if you're struggling to find it, cause you can imagine searching Google for camo, you'll find all sorts of stuff. Hmm. So it's camo by reincubate, reincubate, reincubate. Okay, cool. And then droid cam was for Android. Yes. As I understand again, I, I've just been told that that's the case. That's the alternative, but camo works on a Mac, works on windows and uh, it's for iPhone. And the, are these free or do you pay for them? Uh, camo is about three fifty a month before you can pay like 50 quid for the year. I think something like that. So, you know, if you're thinking about upgrading your equipment and you're thinking about spending a couple of hundred pounds on a webcam or, or, you know, seven or 800 pounds on a, a compact camera that you can use a web, as a webcam paying 50 pound a year for what you've already got to be able to then, um, level up your video is definitely worth it. And I, and I promise you, I've got a YouTube video where I compare the two. And I promise you, when you see it, you'll be like, oh, my God, like, this is amazing. Wow. Okay. Like, well, that is a apart. hot tip. That is a hot yeah. tip. I never realized, actually, um, just how, you know, different they would, would be. Um, so she really surprised me when she mentioned the Huawei. Um, so, but it doesn't matter if you do have an Apple phone, does it? It's not the end of the world. You can still use Camo by Reincubate and... Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you- and and your mobile phone—it's where you should start, Melanie. You know, like people. One of the things that people do in their preparation is they assume they need to buy something. You know, like I'm starting something new, so I've got to buy something. And actually, it's just not true. Like the next level, and I put it in levels. So, so your mobile phone is kind of the starter level. The pro level, the next level up is something like a Sony ZV1 or ZV1. Um, and that's 700 pounds, which when I first started with my video company, we spent two, 3,000 pounds on a camera that was good enough at, at that level. So, you know, the cost of it is is a lot less than it used to be. Um, but I appreciate that still a lot if you're thinking about a 150 pound ca- uh, webcam or something like that, you know. So mm-hmm. um, the, the middle ground with that is start with your mobile phone because it's a thousand pound device already. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to upgrade, you can go to that sony zv1 uh, later on yeah i think people forget the the cost actually of the iphone don't they they are damn yeah, expensive yeah. <laughs> even if you're on contract the, the contract makes it feel like it's not expensive but yeah. when you add it all up you know a thousand fifteen hundred pounds easily somewhere between there yeah so we we're prepared we've got the um phone we've got something to talk about how long should we talk for um Okay, so what I'm about to say, I, I used to use this as a way to motivate people. I realize it can be demotivating as well. So I'm going to tell you why it's important, this statement. And it's by a guy called Dan Kennedy, as I understand. And he said, you can't be too long, only too boring. <laughs> now, the reason why, so I thought that was motivating because for me, I was like, oh, that's perfect because I can just talk forever then if I'm if I'm being interested. But for some people, they go, oh, well, my subject matter is boring. Maybe I'm an accountant. That's the the one that I always think about because a guy introduced me himself to me and said, I'm an accountant. And he said, I'm really sorry. <laughs> this is a networking <laughs> event. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, you save me money and, uh, you know, make me make the best use of my uh, tax and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so. Uh, accountants are the ones that say, well, you know, my, my top, my subject matter is just boring. And and I'm like, well, but it's not though for the people that are interested in it, for the people that need your services, that for the people that are at, um, what's it? Tax return deadlines and VAT mm. deadlines and all that. Like 
you are the most interesting person, even more so when you can change your tax bill from 10 grand to four grand because you know all the rules, like money talks and people love that kind of stuff. So um, when I say you can't be too long, only too boring, that's not a thing about your content. Just assume whatever your content is, whatever your subject matter is, there's somebody out there that will love it as much as you love it. Um, but in terms of the length, like, you know, people watch Love Island and they watch it every <laughs> night. So if you Great need example. to know that people will watch strange uh, programs, sorry for the Love Island fans, um, they will watch anything. You know, there's on YouTube, there's halls, they're called shopping halls, where um, I'm just making a vast uh, assumption that they're teenage girls or young women that go out to Primark or wherever, buy a load of equipment, try it all on, and then they just put it on YouTube for an hour, right? Or there's gaming channels that are, I mean, my daughter watches um, Among Us. Among Us is like a, a five-minute game on a, a phone, and she'll watch three hours of a guy playing Among Us. Three hours, it's insane. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm bored as hell. So, you know, People will watch if it's interesting and it, and it can be two minutes and or it could be 20 minutes an hour. It, it, there is no such thing as uh, too long or too short. So would there be um, a working formula that you could give people that would help? Because I know, well, I know that you have to have a call to action. There has to be a point to it. Yeah. Sometimes there has to be a point to it. Sometimes you can just do fluff for fun. There's absolutely no harm in doing that. As long as the majority actually has a point. Um, because I think one of the reasons people like stories, like Instagram stories and Facebook stories, do you remember? Do people remember those? People forget about Facebook stories, um, but you know, we, we do have those stories so that we can see behind the scenes and meet the people and see see the outtakes and the bloopers and you know what was it, a beautiful image that was taken to put on, put up on Instagram. You can see propped up with cardboard boxes and washing baskets and God knows what else. Um, and you know, having a little bit of fun and and a sense of ownership is also quite important as well. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, the, in terms of formula, the formula is a great question because, um, again, it's a great question for preppers because they need the answers ahead of time to be able to do this stuff. But my my formula is really straightforward, and I, I think this is fair to say. You kind of mentioned it with what you said about call to action. It's a standard formula for anything. And if you think about back to your English. Uh, what is it, maybe English literature classes where it was like beginning, middle and end. Mm. Uh, that's how you can imagine your videos to be. So in the beginning, at the start, you're going to do an introduction. In this video, I'm going to talk about X, Y, Z. So you've got to uh, line it up and give the audience a, a, an opportunity to say I'm out if they want to. Uh, the hope is that the ones that say I'm in are going to stick around because you've told them exactly what they're going to find in that video. So in this video, I'm going to talk about football, if somebody's interested in tennis or rugby, they're going to say I'm out. Uh, if they're interested in football and then I start to talk about tennis or rugby, they're going to be annoyed that mm. I've moved on. So tell them what you're going to talk to them about and then stick to that topic. It's super important that you stick to that topic. Then you deliver the, the value or the message or the opinion or whatever it might be. And then at the end, there should be some call to action. And, uh, you know, if you, when you get really good at this, you can put calls to action throughout. So an example of this is um, for YouTube, for example, when you're doing your videos, 
you want to at some point throughout the video say don't forget to like my video because oh, youtube yeah. needs the signals like liking your video as an indication that this video is worthy of people's time and attention and they're liking what's going on so don't forget to like my video um uh, hashtag replay is what people use on facebook lives um if you're watching this video on the replay don't forget to hashtag replay in the comments and then uh, and there's loads more you know but there's a couple of examples and then at the end it's just a call to action to do something so what's the logical next step for those people to take after they've watched your video and that might be if you've enjoyed this video share it with your friends or tag a friend in who might like this message um or it might be something even more direct. Um, thanks so much for watching this video about video editing. Did you know I've got a video editing school course and you can go and find it on my website. Here's the URL. So, you know, something to give them a logical next step. Some people won't even get to the end and see it, but if they stuck around to the end, then they're really interested in what you've got to say. So it's a great opportunity to say, here's uh, what's next if you want it. You know, a lot of these videos, um, whether they're pre-recorded or whether they're going live, you can do this format for both, can't you? Um, yeah. But would you recommend putting all of your videos, no matter how short and long, on like a YouTube channel? Or is that really only for certain things? Is there a real strategy to YouTube or can you just put any old video up there? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a strategy and, and my strategy, cause I do lots of videos. So I'm doing lots of Facebook lives and lots of ad hoc sort of thoughts provoking stuff. You know, it's just uh, general stuff, but with my YouTube channel, I'm very strategic with it. So I, I call the video that you put on YouTube signature video content. So it's your signature video. So if you think about that, when you're doing general stuff, chit chat, then that's appropriate for Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. But when you're doing good quality pieces, then that should be the stuff that you put on YouTube. So then it becomes an asset library. So so imagine like even now, if you watch Netflix or any of the sort of online subscription shows, <clears throat> excuse me, um, beforehand, you'll see the stars of the show talking about the show. You'll see Facebook stories, Instagram stories, all about the show in preparation, you know, or movie or whatever it might be. And they're talking about all that stuff, but their signature content is the actual piece of content. So it's the same thing for you. You know, you want to, you want to talk about it. You want to build up the hype. Um, and then once you, when you uh, release that piece of signature content, then you can send them there and, and then they get to, to Netflix binge style your YouTube channel. And, and, and if you, if you look at it in that way, then YouTube becomes this amazing asset library of business content that really helps. It helps drive no like and trust like nothing else. There's no other platform that can do it quite as well as YouTube, potentially TikTok, but I'd still argue that the short form content um, doesn't give you enough uh, uh, valuable content from a business perspective. Hmm. Well, not yet anyway. I'm sure that's to come. Yeah. Now, yeah. there's just a couple of things I'd like to cover before we finish. So. Mm -hmm. Most people are going to be using their phone when they start, correct? Um, so yeah. bearing in mind that we have to allow for people of both types, what kind of editing software would you recommend? And do you have to be a scientist to work out captions on YouTube? <laughs> do you have to be a scientist? Right, I'll answer the first question. So video editing software, uh, I don't edit a lot on my mobile phone anymore, but there's... there's 
two pieces of software that come to mind. Uh, the first one is called InShot. And the reason I, so my, I've got a course called Mobile Editing School and I, I used InShot to do that because I knew it was available on both platforms ah. um, because that was my challenge when people kept asking me, you know, like, what's available on on Android because I was doing iMovie before. So InShot is, is multi-platform and uh, LumaFusion is the other one. And I'm sure that is multi-platform, but I could be wrong. So InShot is, is, the, is the main one I would uh, suggest. Is it free? Adobe Prep. Uh, uh, it's not free. It, there's a free version, but like most things, you know, when you start using it for any length of time, it's worth going on to the paid for, yeah. Yeah. And then the other one, which is like iMovie actually that I forgot about, is uh, Adobe Premiere Rush. So Adobe Premiere Rush is Adobe's software, as you can imagine. <laughs> it's kind of a precursor for Premiere Pro. So Premiere Pro is the professional you know, how, where they make movies and that kind of thing, or where they edit movies. Uh, Premiere Rush is like a cut-down version. It's a bit like iMovie, but the reason why I love Premiere Rush is that it's cloud-based. So what you can do, and what I've done in the past, is you can start editing on your mobile phone, and then when you get to your desk at home and you've got your laptop or your PC, you can go into the project and it's available to you, and you can start editing there. Wicked. So it allows you to move between devices, whether you're on Android or whatever. Um, which which is just amazing you know in terms of like workflow and ease of use like it's so amazing so many people say to me oh, I, I use my iphone to film something but i can't get the footage off my iphone i don't know how to do it i'm like come on really but if they'd have uploaded it into a premiere rush project that it would just be available because it's in the cloud so definitely a good piece of um, software and then the second question what was the second question being a scientist on youtube captions oh right captions so uh, so another bit of software so talking about captions is uh, descript so descript is my descript is how i do content repurposing um for my mobile editing school is a course that i have for editing descript is the course i have for content repurposing because with captions, it is absolutely amazing. And it completely keeps improving uh, every week. Like, I'm, it's so annoying trying to keep up with the changes, but it's so brilliant because things like um, they allow you to do the, you know, the, the Gary V top and bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you can change the size of it from, you know, portrait to landscape to a square or whatever. And they've just added like... Um, the progress bars you know the progress bars that are at the bottom yeah so they've so they're adding things like that they've just said they're going to change to adding custom fonts as well there's just everything in there it's so easy to use wow so that's pretty much got at least some of our audience started (laughs) yeah so so where do we go here's a call to action guys where do we go to learn more and what would be um, the easiest way to get further information from you, Matt? Uh, so my website is kingofvideo.co.uk. And on that, I've I had loads of different links and all sorts of stuff everywhere. And I've now got a page that says start here. So if you go to <laughs> kingofvideo.co.uk, it says start here. And it's literally got everything I do uh, listed in sort of different sections. I've just filmed, before this podcast, I filmed a video that's going to go on there today. So... Um, I'm really excited about that because you can find everything you need, uh, kingofvideo.co.uk. Brilliant. 
Okay, well, thank you so much, Matt. Um, I do appreciate it can get really hard to get yourself motivated and sorting out video. It can be scary. It can be frustrating. Um, it can be messy. I've, I've, I'm not talking from personal experience there. <clears throat> um, but there are resources out there and people such as Matt who he doesn't just call himself king of video for the sheer sake of it. He knows damn well what he's doing. So, you know, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being our amazing um, video uh, speaker in our DMAT 21 last year. Really appreciate that, Matt. And we will be back very, very soon, hopefully with Esther. She probably won't let me be alone again for a while. (laughs) But um, thank you so much for listening. But very, very soon.